Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 1st of October. A terrifying tornado has ripped through regional New South Wales, tearing homes apart and forcing residents to flee. The massive twister hit late yesterday afternoon near Bathurst in the central west, leaving a 25-kilometre long path of destruction and injuring three. Local resident Cathy Jones and a number of young children were forced to shelter in their car as their home was torn to pieces around them. It took the house, the roof, took everything. Um, trampoline we've seen fly down into the next door neighbour's paddock. It's up a tree, probably 60 feet high. Everything was just swirling around the house. There's not much left. We've got a big mess to clean up. That audio thanks to Channel 7. Melbourne residents are being warned its lockdown could be extended after COVID cases skyrocketed yesterday. Victoria saw new infections jump by almost 50% to 1,438 new cases yesterday. The state government is urging residents to comply with COVID rules this weekend, with illegal AFL grand final parties fueling yesterday's massive jump in COVID cases. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews says there are just four weeks to go and the state needs to hang in there. We can't change what happened last weekend, but please, we can't be having a repeat of that this coming weekend or for the next few weekends because we are so, so close. We can see to the other side of this. And then the lockdown's off. I just need people to work with me on this. Queensland is on a knife edge with six more local COVID cases recorded in the state yesterday. New restrictions are now in force for the Gold Coast, Brisbane, Moreton Bay, Townsville and Palm Island. Epidemiologist Professor Catherine Bennett says the next 24 hours for Queensland will be crucial. So it will depend on what variants involved, if it's um, when they know it's from Delta, have they got a good handle on that outbreak and will those uh, staged restrictions they've now put in place be sufficient. There's still no official word whether this weekend's NRL Grand Final will go ahead in Brisbane. We'll have more details shortly in sport. Meantime, there are fears up to 20,000 cancers may have gone undiagnosed during lockdown with people unable to access or delaying regular checkups. A report by Cancer Australia shows there have been nearly 164,000 fewer diagnostic procedures like mammograms during COVID. Head and neck surgeon Bruce Ashford says there have been reports out of regional New South Wales that people are presenting with cancers only previously found in historic textbooks and they are at such an advanced stage many are beyond treatment. And in other news this morning, four people are dead and two others are now fighting for their lives after a horror crash in Melbourne's west. A sedan carrying six people was travelling along Doherty's Road and collided head-on with a small truck last night. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To New South Wales first, and authorities are on alert after a COVID outbreak in the neonatal intensive care unit at the John Hunter Hospital in Newcastle. Our reporter Hamish Finlay is in Newcastle and Hamish, six parents have already tested positive. 
Well, that's right, Tash. The good news is that all babies in the John Hunter's neonatal intensive care ward have been tested and they're all negative. This all started when the mother of a newborn reported feeling unwell several days ago. She was immediately isolated along with all contacts. She, along with five other parents, tested positive. They're all in isolation. All staff have since tested negative. And the parents in isolation can still see their babies on 24-hour cameras, while the parents of newborns not caught up in this can still visit their bubs. To Queensland and severe thunderstorms have swept through the state, leaving thousands of homes without power. Although a thunderstorm warning has eased, the Bureau of Meteorology is warning there is more wild weather on the way. It's predicted the New South Wales-Queensland border will bear the brunt of the supercell system, as our reporter David Shiraz explains from Brisbane. Well, good morning, Tash. By yesterday, Arvo, the Weather Bureau issued severe thunderstorm warnings for damaging winds, large hailstones and heavy rain. It didn't disappoint. Brisbane and the surrounds copping a drenching, with hail as large as six centimetres reported in Logan, just south of the city. The state's energy company suggesting more than 45,000 lightning strikes left more than 11,000 homes without power. The extreme weather expected to return today. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. COVID isolation rules are really affecting a lot of issues in Melbourne right now, with supermarkets now threatening to close stores because of staffing shortages. Yeah, Tash, good morning. It's not great news, is it? It looks like possibly five supermarkets in Melbourne could close as early as today, and there is potential for that to spread. These guys, basically, because of the isolation rules of close contacts and casual contacts and those things, they're actually struggling to staff the stores at all. And so they're looking to close possibly one store as early as today, possibly another four or five by the end of the weekend, and it may get worse from here, particularly as the number of cases in Victoria continue to grow. It's also a risk for the other states as well, not necessarily an immediate risk, but something to watch out for. One of those unintended consequences of trying to balance the health impacts and, and keep people safe, at the same time keep food on the shelves and in people's pantries. And Scott, speaking of COVID, the federal government this week announced that disaster payments will end for both businesses and individuals when we hit those key vaccination targets, but hopefully some states will rush to fill the gap. Yeah, Tasha, this is a big one. So this is this is where politics and business and health kind of all collide pretty quickly because the government's pretty much trying to use this 80% vaccination rule as a way of saying to states, businesses, individuals, once you guys get to a certain level, you're on your own. And apparently to discourage states from using lockdowns thereafter. In other words, hey, we're not paying for this anymore. So if you guys are going to lock down, you're going to bear the full cost without any federal government support. That makes some sense, I suppose, if you want to try and kickstart the economy. The question is really whether it's a carrot or a stick, because if they pull these support payments too quickly, we may well end up with a situation where businesses aren't back to normal, the economy is not yet back to normal, and we pull the support too fast. It's like saying, well, the patient will be okay in two weeks' time. Let's stop the drugs now. And on one level, you say, well, you don't want to overdose people. You don't want to you know, create addictions or, or keep them on those medications too long. On the other hand, we all know if you take them away too early, you actually risk undoing all the good work you've done thus far. I'm hopeful the states will do the right thing and have done the right thing to try and fix this problem and maybe just avoid that gap becoming much, much worse. But it's definitely something to watch out for. Yes, so many people doing it tough right now, Scott. And of course, if 2021 wasn't challenging enough, now there's ongoing speculation. We could see a coffee shortage. 
Yeah, it's not good news to us, can I say. For those of us who like our coffee, uh, let's just say that uh, I, I, I've done my fair share for the coffee trade, and maybe I'm partly yeah. responsible because the price, apparently, of coffee out of some of the exporting regions is up 21% this year alone. You thought house prices were going up a lot. Coffee prices up more than 20%. In fact, some specific varieties and specialist varieties up 45% this year. A combination of weather events, natural disasters, and the supply chain troubles that we've been talking about on and off over the past probably four or six months now really are starting to bite for coffee. And it could last, and this is the even worse news, mate, up to three years before the crop get back to normal and supply chains also get back to normal. I'm not saying you should hoard your coffee because, you know, these things do go off. Maybe it's just a case of putting a little, a little bit extra aside every week to make sure you can afford the, uh, the precious drop in the weeks and months ahead. Great advice. You have a lovely weekend. Thanks so much, Scott. <laughs> Thanks, Tash. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, the Queensland government has denied the only reason the southeast of the state is not going into lockdown is because of this weekend's NRL grand final. But now the boss of the NRL has flagged the big game could be postponed. Yes, good morning, Tash. That's right. The ARL Commission Chairman Peter Volandis has hinted that the grand final could be postponed. He does say it's unlikely, but it comes as the escalating COVID outbreak in the southeast of Queensland forced capacity for Sunday night at Suncorp Stadium to be cut to 75%. Now, the game was already a sellout at Suncorp Stadium, so it was a last-in, first-out policy. So the last 25% of tickets sold, that's 13,000, now are automatically refunded. Volandis telling nine the worst case scenario is delaying the biggest game of the season. Look, that's a possibility, an unlikely one, but it's a possibility. We have to have to be ready for every scenario. Townsville is still another live option, although they would also have to cut their crowd to 75% given there was a positive case uh, recorded recently. So we'll watch this space with the NRL Grand Final. Changing by the hour, Tash. Yeah, absolutely. And the COVID outbreak and changing border rules are also causing chaos for the Wallabies in Argentina. Yeah, the Wallabies are preparing to face a depleted Argentina in the Rugby Championship test on the Gold Coast tomorrow. The Pumas are without half a dozen players who have been locked out of Queensland following that day trip across the border to Byron Bay. And Dave Rennie, the coach of the Wallabies, says the omissions doesn't factor into their plans. There's no change to us at all. We've got a massive focus on us. What we know is the Pumas... You know, they've been away from a home for a long time. They haven't played a home test for a long time. They've, they've uh, obviously discussed that, and I, I think there's plenty of motivating factors for them. They brought a squad of 44 over Argentina, so they will still be able to field the side. Now, the Wallaby squad is back in bubble conditions. Tash, they stayed in the same hotel as a man who tested positive in Townsville, as we mentioned earlier. And the Demons are determined to win another premiership for their fans who were locked down in Melbourne. Yes, so the Premiership Cup, Max Gorn and the Demons are now back in uh, Melbourne after a few long days and nights celebrating their Premiership success in Perth. Now, obviously, they broke a 57-year drought, but their fans from Melbourne, their long-suffering fans, weren't able to see it, and that is their motivation going into next year, according to the skipper, Maxie Gorn. 100% I think it will, and I think that's what we'll touch on when we bring the message to the playing group about what we want to get out of 2022. Just finishing up with some cricket, India in a strong position against the Aussie women's side leading into day two of the day-night test on the Gold Coast. Uh, India to resume on one for 132 this afternoon. Rain brought an early into play on the Gold Coast last night, Tash. Lots to play out over the weekend. Thanks so much, Brett. 
and a group of Aussie teenagers is making international headlines after it was revealed they were the brains behind a popular COVID information website called COVID Base AU. 15-year-old Jack, 14-year-old Wesley and Darcy, who is also 15, go through all the data posted by Australian government sources and then collate it in an easily digestible way. The teenage trio revealing their identities on the day they were finally eligible for a COVID vaccine. Their data analysis and expertise impressing thousands around the world. Well done. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great weekend. Stay safe and we'll see you bright and early on Monday. Listener.